Hey everyone, my name is Ben Gramico. I'm from InterNACHI, and that's the International Association of Certified Home Inspectors, world's largest uh, organization of residential and commercial property inspectors. We're at nachi.org, N-A-C-H-I.org. And this is an InterNACHI webinar. So it's live, free, online, open to everyone. And um, today we have a special guest, Bill Fabian of Monroe Infrared. And uh, I'm going to ask him why it's called Monroe Infrared. It should be Fabian Infrared. And, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to talk about uh, thinking thermally and infrared cameras and home inspections and all that good stuff. And uh, if you're not a member and if you're interested in joining InterNACHI, uh, let me give you a, a free membership. That's at nachi.org slash free, N-A-C-H-I dot O-R-G slash free. And you use the code webinar all capitals webinar, natchee.org slash free, all capitals webinar. Bill, I want to thank you for uh, joining the, the webinar system. Uh, it's really nice to have experts come on to my webinar. Um, I hate talking all the time, so it's really nice for you to be here. Thank you for taking some time out and, and sharing some information with us. Oh, my pleasure, Ben. Thank you. And why is it called Monroe Infrared? Why isn't it Bill Fabian Infrared? Well, Monroe Infrared was founded by Bruce Monroe um, 37 years ago. Yeah. Um, Christopher Casey bought out the majority of stock 11 years ago. So he owns most of it. Um, I own uh, 10% and Greg Thompson out in Albuquerque owns 10%. So yep. I have a vested interest in our success. But um, and, and as I tell everyone, I am an infrared geek. I'm one of yeah. those guys that takes an infrared camera on vacation. Did you bring one to, to, with you? I did. I have one. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Everywhere I go, I have one. That's yep. right. Um, so, so you're like the expert trainer. I don't know anybody else, really. Uh, anybody else who, if you're a home inspector or a commercial property inspector, you should be really reaching out to Bill Fabian and Rowan Infrared. You're at every event. You do webinars. You do a lot of free stuff. You do a lot of online stuff. Don't you do online training now? We have our, and we'll talk briefly about it, but we have yeah. our certified residential thermographer two-day training class, uh, both on Zoom, live, not recorded. And we also have, are doing them, starting to do them again in person, attending classes around the country. I actually have one set up for the House of Horrors um, in Boulder. And you have until Thursday, tomorrow yeah. to sign up for that <laughs> but it's an in-person at the house of horrors so it's a great class and if you're using an infrared camera thinking of using an infrared camera you need to come to this class and by all means it is uh, uh for you know it, it it's top shelf it's um i've worked very hard over the last nine years we've had 2300 home inspectors come through this class wow and uh it really gets a home inspector up to speed that wants to use the infrared camera as part of his home inspection. So we're gonna to talk today about how to implement infrared into your home inspection. And, and I will take as many questions as I possibly can. I'll try and keep 10 minutes or 15 minutes at the end. I got so much material, I could sit here and talk for two <laughs> days, but um, I've got a, a somewhat of a PowerPoint, a 12 step, implementation program. I've got a live camera set up so that we can toggle back and forth. Um, well, let's do that. Why don't, why don't you share your screen and, and bring up the information that you want to bring up. And I'll tell everybody, if you want to ask a question, 
please feel free to ask questions. Um, use the Q&A feature. Uh, the chat is a little difficult. Use the Q&A feature so that Bill can see the questions popping up and we can get to them um, whenever Bill wants to get to them, maybe at the end of his presentation. But um, there's his contact information. You can ask him about his training, especially the upcoming training coming at the House of Horrors. It's a great place to visit and have a lot of fun inspecting a, a House of Horrors. Um, we have three um, uh, around the country. But uh, just feel free to reach out to Bill Fabian. There's his contact information. And feel free to ask questions, too, while Bill's talking. Um, and then we'll, we'll take those questions. Use the Q&A feature and post those questions. I kind of like it because other folks attending this live webinar can upvote those questions. And so uh, if it's a good question, it gets answered first. So thanks, Bill. Why don't you just take it away? Awesome. Awesome. I'm actually going to answer the first uh, chat question. So he doesn't have to retype it. And sure. it is, when is the class in Boulder, Colorado? So I need to look at the calendar. Sorry about this. I wasn't prepared for that question. Um, but it's. Of course. Calendars. No, no problem. And if anybody has any questions specifically like that, I can tell you every uh, detail of any class coming up either online or live or at the house of horrors or at one of our training locations or at a chapter meeting coming up and uh, if you're an internachi member all you have to do is log in to your internachi membership dashboard right you log in at the top right corner of any any natchi.org page log in as a member and then scroll down at that dashboard homepage, and you'll see all of our events and it's right there every class that we have is right there at your dashboard. So if you're an internet member, just log in. And if you're not an internet member, just email me or Bill and we can get you that information. Yeah, um, I can't find it right now. That's all right. Um, but, and I wanna get into it because we only got about 55 yeah. minutes left. So yeah. yep. um, gentlemen if, or ladies, if you uh, would like to send me an email uh, asking when that date is, I will reply to it. Uh, right away at BillFMonroeInfrared.com. Um, and I'll, I'll put it up on the screen here at the end, but let's get started. Um, so Monroe Infrared Technology, um, without going into great detail, infrared is all we do. Um, we are a dealer and a distributor for FLIR infrared cameras, hike micro infrared cameras. We provide all levels of training, which I'll show you coming up. But we're located or headquartered in Brunswick, Maine. Um, I live in Shelby Township, Michigan. And there's what I just said. Um, we have an inspection division. Um, so we have a, we're up to 26 people now. Um, a lot of thermal drones and all kinds of stuff. But we're here to help in whatever questions you have. Infrared cameras have been used for home inspections uh, a lot more frequently. And we go through all of the applications that you could possibly use infrared on as part of a home inspection. Um, I'll just go through these images and tell you what they are real quick. In the upper left, you see a feed to the house where one of the connections is 347 degrees. Um, that's a utilities issue and they need to come in and fix that. Uh, top middle is a beehive that was found behind the fascia board with a thermal imager. Uh, this was after they removed the fascia board, but it was found 
You can measure water temperatures. You can see middle left, the grayscale image where a home is or is not um, insulated properly or the insulation is not performing as it's designed to perform. Um, uh, the middle image is a heat pump that would not turn on, so he just used the infrared to document. There was no, um, it wasn't functioning. In the uh, middle right, that's some water in the hearth of a fireplace, and uh, that was found, again, with infrared. Um, lower left is an image of water leaking from a roof onto the drywall ceiling in a garage. Um, real freaky one is bottom right. The next door neighbor's um, low E glass windows with argon depletion reflecting the sun and melting the siding on the north side of the house. So it, there's all kinds of applications for infrared as part of your home inspection. But if you're thinking of buying an infrared camera without getting training, don't waste your money on an infrared camera. Um, because those people that buy cameras and don't get training and don't learn how to speak intelligently about what the camera is showing them gets them in trouble. If you haven't heard the horror stories that are out there where home inspector calls out everything behind the drywall is wet and they tear down the drywall and it's perfectly dry. Or another one, all the subfloor under the vinyl flooring is wet. Contractor pulls up the vinyl flooring and the subfloor is perfectly dry. You know who's paying to put that wall back together and put that floor back together. So you need to learn the limitations and capabilities of infrared. While they are magical, they are not magic, okay? They have limitations. And if you can work within those limitations, infrared helps you do a much more thorough inspection. So <clears throat> we've already covered some of this. This is me, 35 years, uh, ITC level three. I teach level one, level two, and the certified residential thermographer. Um, I designed and develop it and continue to develop it. Um, I still drag my old butt out there and do infrared inspections, commercial, residential, industrial. And I do hail from Shelby Township, Michigan. Don't hold that one against me, but uh, I love Michigan. There's your FLIR cameras. There's your Hike Micro cameras. There are a lot of really good cameras from Five, six hundred dollars up to you can go crazy, ten, twelve thousand dollars. But do I have to? No. Are there cameras that I don't think should meet or should be used for home inspections? Absolutely. So ask for my opinion, ask for my professional opinion, and I would rather educate you on the differences so that you make an educated decision. I'm going to start off right away and get right into what we have de designed and developed and shared with home inspectors, um, multi-inspector organizations all over the country for many years. And this is a 12-step implementation program, as you see on your screen. Talk to your peers. Check with them on what they're doing and how, what they're charging. You know, And again, as I said, number two, don't buy a camera if you're not going to go to training. You can go, you know, you can get a good camera, but go get the training. Um, make sure you register your camera with FLIR. Uh, and there is one thing I need to add to this. As of February 1st of this year, and I know Amazon is the grill on the block, everybody shops it. If you buy a camera, a FLIR camera, 
on Amazon from a non-authorized dealer or distributor, you do not get a warranty with that camera. So be very careful who you're buying your equipment from and buy from the people that know infrared. They can help you and get you up to speed on your cameras. Pick a class. I, I feel the CRT class, the certified residential is all a home inspector will ever need. But a lot of guys wanna go on to the next step and do level one, and, which is four days and very extensive. Um, but if you, and I, I, again, I'll share my email address at the end of this, or you can get it at any time, but I'll email you this 12-step um, implementation program so you have this and you're not having to take pictures and all that right now. So um, I can send this to you when we're done. Sit down with your team if you're a, a multi-inspector and a lot of people, you know, what role each person plays and, and just... Infrared is not something you just buy a camera and, oh, you add a little logo in your, and, you know, you got to tell people what infrared does and how they will benefit by you using it as part of your home inspection, finding those things that you don't normally find visually. You know, some of the feedback I've heard over the years, you know, what we do as a home inspector is a visual, non-invasive, non-destructive evaluation of the property under the conditions found that day of that inspection. Well, that's exactly what infrared is. The only word in that entire statement you need to change is that infrared is a non-invasive, non-destructive evaluation. It doesn't tell me what happened three months ago or three months from now. It happened what you see that day. But finding water without a doubt, plumbing leaks is without a doubt the number one application for home inspectors across the country. Um, market it, meaning, add the logos, talk about it, whoever your salesperson is or whoever is selling this. Um, explain to them how using infrared allows you to do a much more thorough inspection, whether you're going to use it as an add-on, meaning you charge extra for it, or you incorporate it into every home inspection, which a lot of guys, once they get done doing the two-day CRT class, and then they take the infrared camera out and they start doing inspections, I hear back, 30 days, 60 days later, I'm not really sure how I did a home inspection without an infrared camera. The stuff I'm finding now, I wouldn't find visually. And this is the stuff that comes back to bite me in the butt later. Water being number one. Talk to your insurance companies. They love the fact that home inspectors, as long as they have the proper training and they know what they're doing and they have a good camera, are doing a much more thorough inspection and their incidence of claims against their liability insurance is lower than a home inspector that doesn't use infrared. Now, that's not me making that up. That's a statement directly from the insurance companies. So talk to your insurance companies. Um, and some of them now are requiring you send a CRT, your certificate showing that you are trained and qualified to use it. So, um, Pick out what applications. We go through all the applications during the training class. You know, other than water, your electrical panels, outlets that don't have anything plugged into them. I mean, there are so many applications. And we go through all that stuff. Figure out how you're going to charge for it. And we go through all this and we're here to help you. Practice, practice, practice. 
I tell people all the time, if you use a camera a half hour a month, you're never going to get good at it. If you use it a half hour a week, you'll get better, but it's going to take a while. If you use it a half hour on every home inspection from this day forward, you watch how good you get good at it. You watch how fast you get good at it, excuse me. But use it and you'd be surprised what you're going to find. Offer to do free, you know, charges or, or as you get into the routine. Anyway, these are the steps that we have found have been very successful for home inspectors across the country. So again, I'll send this to whoever wants it. Why should I use it? You're doing a more thorough inspection. Using your camera should reduce your liability for missing things. Buying a camera without going to training is a mistake as I've already said, and home inspectors, and the numbers that I'm hearing back from guys, I had one home inspector in Colorado, multi-inspector, bought eight cameras, flew me in, did a two-day training class, had 20 grand invested, charged $95 as an add-on fee, and got his 20 grand back in 90 days. That was five years ago last month, and so it's been pure profit, $10,000 per camera, per year and that those are underestimations what i'm hearing is 20,000 15,000 25,000 it's all over the place but you got to promote it you got to talk about it show people what infrared can do number 1 as i already said is plumbing leaks roof leaks window leaks argon depletion uh, missing insulation hot electrical circuits Learn how to interpret the difference between an overloaded breaker or a loaded breaker and a connection issue. First time I talked to a home inspector over 10 years ago who said he was doing electrical panels, didn't know me from Adam, didn't know I'd been doing infrared for 25 years prior to that on electrical systems. I said, you do, what do you report? Oh, if I find any breakers warmer than the other ones, I write it up and tell them to bring in an electrician. Well, I can tell you, don't do that. Because if you just spent two hours testing the hot water at every sink and bathroom all over the house, that electric water heater is working overtime trying to heat that water back up. And it's normal to see breaker heat, normal to see wire heat. It's never normal to see connection heat. Anyway, this is the stuff we go through. Infestations, bees, carpenter ants, rodents, vermin, you know, raccoons. I had a home inspector come to class bit by a uh, possum in an attic. So he says, now I go through, I get about this much of my body into that attic. And the first thing I do is look around in all directions for something warm and fuzzy looking back at me. So there's a lot of applications in and out of the house, in the attic, all over the place. You got to learn the limitations. Number one, an infrared camera is very different than a visual camera. An infrared camera doesn't see through glass or water or building materials. It only shows surface temperature differentials. I want to, I'm going to toggle right now to my other camera feed and show you the advantage of infrared. Sure. Let me just change my feed. And I'm looking across at the desk. There's the 70-inch monitor hanging on the wall. 
but I spilled some water on the carpet. And you can see that very clearly. If I switch my camera feed from the fusion image to the visual picture, there's absolutely no visual sign that that water is there. So that again is the number one application for infrared, being able to see what you can't see with your eyes. There are so many applications. And I, as you can see, I'm pretty geeked about it. And I, I love sharing my knowledge of almost 36 years in this industry with home inspectors and getting them up to speed and how to do it. So please, um, you know, let me know how I can help. All right. Come here. Infrared is not just about taking a picture. You have to have a basic understanding of emissivity and reflectivity. And everybody is listening to this has heard of emissivity before. Not the whole word, but you've all heard of low E glass. Okay. That's what the E stands for. Emissivity. It's a low emissive coating on the glass, which makes it more reflective, which reflects the solar loading out or the heat back in. And everything we look at has an emissive value. So you need to learn how to speak intelligently about what you're seeing and what the camera is showing you. Here's an example of a low emissive surface that shows this is a three-phase electrical connection, A phase on the left, B phase in the middle that looks warmer, and C phase on the right. When you're looking at something and you think you have found a thermal anomaly, the very first thing you need to do is look at it from another angle. Let me see if this, I hope this works. There it goes. All I'm going to do is shift my weight from my left foot to my right foot, and now you see C phase warmer. That's my body heat reflecting off those shiny metals. So, you know, I've taken this for, you know, it's second nature, right? I do it all the time, but it's, it's something I've seen guys write up reports showing reflections as a problem and it's not. So the first thing you gotta do when you have found a thermal anomaly is change your field of view. The evaporative cooling effect and why we find water inside a house. There you go to do your inspection. You see there's an outlet in the corner. Maybe when you get down on one knee to plug your outlet tester and you stand up and you go, my knee's wet. Maybe then you would have found the water without an infrared camera that was in the carpeting next to that dresser or in the corner. Ended up being a plumbing leak in the bathroom next door that was coming under the wall. And when they had boxes stacked up in the corner, it, it Push the carpet and pad into the wet subfloor. It also restricted the evaporative cooling effect until they staged the house for sale. And they probably stepped in it in their socks and, oh my gosh, they'll never know though. They can't see it. Well, yes, we can. This one, I, I, to this day, I wouldn't have found it without an infrared camera. This is water in an exterior wall. And this house was less than two years old. Everybody uses moisture meters today, but you're not sliding it over every square inch of the walls and the ceilings and the floors. You're putting it on stains or where you see damage or 
this, there was absolutely no visual sign. There was no stain. There was no wrinkle in the paint. And when I found this with the infrared camera, I it was one of those moments I wanted to say, holy, sh look at that. But I, I didn't say anything. I walked over with my infrared camera and a moisture meter. And I placed it on the wall over here next to the thermal anomaly, took a reading. Then I put my moisture meter on the thermal anomaly and it pegged my moisture meter. Now I know what it is, okay? So you've got to verify what the infrared camera is showing you is actually moisture. And a moisture meter does that, not an infrared camera. The problem is your clients. They think infrared cameras are magic because of what they've seen in the movies. Hobbs and Shaw, the most recent one I can think of right now, at one point they're holding infrared cameras up against a red steel door. The movie camera comes in and looks at the viewfinder and it shows people on the other side of that door. So the public's perception is that infrared cameras can see through the walls, can see through the doors. Infrared cameras don't do that. This is an air conditioner that was you know, moving air across a coil inside. There's a condensation collection pan. Well, that con drain line for that collection pan plugged up and it spilled out over onto the floor. And we get into pattern recognition. How do I, obviously I have to use a moisture meter to confirm it, but pattern recognition, see the edge pattern to the puddle in the carpet? Water in a horizontal surface shows that edge pattern a lot sharper than air movement. If you look at the side of the air conditioner where it's drawing air in at the bottom and exiting the cold air at top, there's a huge gradient, what we call a thermal gradient, a change in temperature over distance, but no edge line. So we go through what things should look like, what they shouldn't look like, how to interpret it, how to report it, how to, how to report it without over speaking what you're finding. They knew they had water coming in, swore it was this window. That's where the water showed up. But look at the ceiling above it. There's a stain in the ceiling and a damaged area right above it. Ended up being plugged up gutters anyway. Water outside the house. This is Eves. Uh, it says stucco there, but it is Eves. And um, that's my fault. I changed my other slide, not this one. Um, but the infrared camera found water in stucco and water in eaves, water in wood siding. There's so many applications in and outside the house. But only a moisture meter says it's wet. Energy audits are a full-time job. And they can be for many people. My goal during the CRT class is not to teach you how to be a full-blown energy auditor, but as part of your home inspection, you're walking around the house, and if the conditions are right, you should be able to tell if the insulation within the walls appears to be performing properly or not. Here's a house from the outside. Is that good or bad? That's what we go through. These, because of the conditions, this dark cavity with warm two by fours is what it's supposed to look like. So these warm cavities is where there's no insulate or appears to be no insulation in the walls. I made the mistake and I tell guys all the time, learn from my mistakes. An infrared camera doesn't say there's no insulation in that wall. An infrared camera doesn't say that's wet. An infrared camera doesn't say that breaker's overloaded. 
in 35 years of doing infrared, I've never heard an infrared camera say anything. I told the builder one time, there's no insulation in that wall. And he says, really? Opens up the wall and it was insulated. And my jaw about hit the floor. He didn't make me pay for it. It had been insulated improperly. Instead of stapling the craft face to the two by four, they'd stapled it to the inside edge, which created an airspace, which rendered that insulation ineffective. What I should have said was, if there's any insulation in that wall, it's not performing as it's designed to perform. Here's more of them. Here's one, and no, that's not a scope on a rifle. I do take one deer hunting with me every fall, but no, I don't mount it on the gun, but it's, it's great. Um, that, is, that deer head is hanging on a wall, and behind that wall is an attic. And it's an uninsulated, uh, appears to be uninsulated, but there's no attic access. Inside temperature is about 75 degrees. Outdoor temperature is like 95 degrees. That attic was extremely hot. And the home inspector sent me the image. And he said, do you think that wall is insulated or not? And I said, it does not appear to be insulated at all. He said, there's no access. I said, well, it's not that some look good and some don't. They all look hot. So it does not appear. Anyway, this is what I'm talking about. This is what you need to go through and learn how to interpret and how to report. Cold, warm in the house and cold outside. Now we got cold cavities, colder than the two by fours. If there's any insulation in that cavity, it's not even insulating that wall as good as a two by four is. So we go through all this for you. This is a brand new home and this is scary. The whole entire house, they put insulation under the plywood deck in the attic and this is in the Dallas, Texas area. Built that plywood deck, put the mechanical system in the attic. They had fiberglass bats under that platform, but then they finished the house and one of the last steps is to bring back the insulation contractor to blow in the insulation. And the home inspector that sent me this said the entire attic had no insulation other than under the platform. How to interpret, how do, how do I know? And the reason I show this image all the time is you see those little white specks? Those are dead pixels. And this is why I recommend you if you get a FLIR infrared camera, you need to register your camera. That gives you a 10-year detector warranty. The Hike Micro gives you a 10-year detector warranty, but you don't need to register your camera with them. The, the date of sale is your start of your 10 years. But if this starts happening to a camera today, there's something wrong with the detector. And that's why it's so important. But we're in a warm house and it's cold outside. This is what the whole wall should look like. Warm cavity and colder two by fours. The rest of this wall appears to be uninsulated. But we can't say that. We don't know if there's any insulation in there. It doesn't appear to be insulated or it's not performing like it's designed to perform. But this is what I keep saying. You need to learn how to interpret and how to report. Air infiltration air coming in from outside, right around the window, down the sill, and down the wall. Work safe. 
and I, whether you give me an hour or a two hours or four hours or two days or a week, everybody hears the same speech. So you're all going to hear, I'm going to jump up on my safety soapbox right now. There is one inherent danger when using an infrared camera you should all be well aware of. And one simple rule of thumb will save you from getting hurt. If you're looking through your camera, don't move your feet. You should never be doing this, looking through your camera and moving your feet at the same time, because if you are, you're not watching where you're walking. And our industry has had Paul Grover, the founder of the Infrospection Institute, walk off of a roof. Luckily, it was only a six foot drop and he broke his arm. We have in our industry have had thermographers back up into high voltage electrical panels and get killed. I came two inches from stepping off a roof that was 20 feet to the next elevation because I was scanning without watching where I was walking. So I'm telling you one simple rule of thumb. If you're looking through your camera, don't move your feet. If you need to move your feet, bring the camera down, watch where you're walking, plant your feet, and then bring the camera back up. Enough, I'll get off. Here, I mean, I, I'm no ladder expert, but one foot on the ladder, one foot on a rotting plywood overhang is not a safe way to work on a ladder. Air, more air infiltration. That's leaking ductwork on the left. That's air infiltration on the right. Uh-oh, what do we got here? Oh, my battery died on my camera, that's all right. Here's more air infiltration around the door and under the threshold. Leaking rim joists, leaking ductwork. I mean, there's so much you can see. But only an if only a borescope will say there's no insulation in those walls. But unless you work for homes on homes, you're probably not drilling holes into people's walls. So my suggestion is you learn how to speak it. If there's any insulation, it's not performing as it's designed to perform. Appliances, a great way to CYA. Take a thermal image of the oven turned on, the range top turned on, the refrigerator and freezer, open up the doors and show them the thermal image showing it was plenty cold enough in the freezer and the refrigerator at the time of the inspection. Your water, water heater working properly? Is it too hot? Now you see 126 degree water temperature at the sink. I had my mechanical system replaced in my house a couple of years ago and I hope by accident, but they turned the thermostat all the way or the, the um, dial up all the way. The next day, my wife said, water's way too hot. I had 172 degree water coming out of the kitchen sink. I mean, you could fill a coffee cup and drop a tea bag in it and it was too hot to drink. Gas fired appliances, refrigerator temperatures, Radiant heating systems. Any camera will work for this. Electrical system inspections. That's what a that is an occupied house, and that is the electrical panel in that uh, with things running. No thermal anomaly, right? Nothing abnormally hot. 
Yeah, one breaker is a little bit warmer, but load creates heat. That's not normal. And yes, that connection on the side of that breaker is glowing cherry red. It measured 1,452 degrees Fahrenheit. That's hotter than anything I've ever seen in an industrial or commercial inspection. You wanna hear the scary part? This is an electric dryer connection on the side of the breaker and the owner knew there was something wrong. Every time we use the dryer, it trips the breaker. We gotta keep resetting it until it sticks. One of these times it's not gonna trip and it's gonna cause an electrical fire. This is why uh, Hartford Boiler, Hartford Steam Boiler Insurance Company, FM Global, which used to be Factory Mutual, is mandating that their commercial and industrial clients are having infrared done every year, every other year, or every third year, because infrared reduces the risk of electrical fire. When John Bolton and Brad Scott found this, they posted it on social media and said, another live saved using infrared, because it's only a matter of time before this could cause an electrical fire that could burn that house down and hurt somebody. Here's another one Brad found, 527 degree main lug. Notice how it's hotter at the lug and as you follow the wire, it cools down. That's like that thermal gradient, that gradual change in temperatures, like an arrow pointing back to the hot lug. That's where the problem is, not a load issue somewhere. Connections show up hotter at the connection. That's the one we showed you at the beginning of the PowerPoint. Hot pool pump motor. More insects, that's a bee's nest above a porch. There's that one I was talking about and showed you at the opening slide. Um, upper left is with the fascia board in place. That's where the bees were coming and going. There's the thermal image with the fascia board in place at the, below it. And there's the hole where they're coming and going. Then they removed the fascia board and you can see directly visual of the hive and then the thermal of the hive. Background temperature about 65 degrees, you see it right here. So you're cold and the hottest on that hive, about 103, so almost a 40 degree rise over ambient. Bo Pass and a home inspector found this one and the bees were living behind this faux brick going in through where the cable goes into the house. This is that 3 8 inch thick fake brick and they didn't clock the opening. So the bees were coming and going. And when he squeezed the trigger to grab the image, he caught a bee in midair on the left. See that little hot spot at about 11 o'clock? That's a bee flying. There's the melting siding I was talking about. This is the next door neighbor's house reflecting the sun off of their window onto the siding and melting, look, 198 degree vinyl temperature in the shade. Look at the reflection of the, of the gutter off the glass. So this is a zoomed in photo of this window. But notice that the straight gutter is not giving me a straight reflection. It's giving me that curved reflection. This is called argon depletion. 
when the argon gas between the two panes leaves and puts it under a vacuum, it creates a parabolic mirror. With that low E coating, it takes all the sun's energy over the whole pane of glass, but instead of giving you a square reflection because of that shape, the reflection is a, it's like frying ants on the sidewalk. You know, it takes that energy and it focuses it on that point. And I mean, there's, there's a building in London, England that's melting cars on the street. Go to Google, click on the images and type it in, solar reflection melts cars and you'll see it. My pet is trained. Mm, not so much. There's so many applications. I'm telling you, this is a blended image where you have visual along with thermal. It shows you both at the same time. I, I told you I got it bad. So this is, I was at the Peabody in Memphis, Tennessee, and they said they have the walk of the ducks where they bring these ducks down off the roof, walk them down to the fountain in the morning and at night they take them back up to the roof. So I heard they were gonna walk. I, I walked over there and with my infrared camera and I video recorded these ducks coming out of the elevator across the floor and then they jump up into the fountain. So yeah, you know, you, you know you caught the infrared bug when you start looking at things and you start saying, I wonder if my infrared camera would help me figure out why it's doing this or why it won't do that. Oh yeah. I was a new grandpa in January. So meet George Giovanni. He's my pride and joy, my grandson. Um, I enjoy infrared, but I have a new love. Anyway, there's a, you know, my name and phone number 800, my cell number. Um, I'm gonna stop the PowerPoint. Sure. Because I want to show you some more about the camera, but unfortunately. I love that quote. I love that quote. I wouldn't have found it without my infrared camera. That's, I love hearing that. I wouldn't have found it without my infrared camera. Everybody should be carrying an infrared camera, every inspector. Yep. Now there are a, a big variety of cameras and they've come a long way. Um, the C2 and the C3 were good. Um, but they were entry level and they were replaced. Oh, I think it's two years or three years last month um, by the C5. The C5 is a step up in resolution. The C2 and C3 were 4,800 pixels. The C5 is 19,200 pixels. The Hike Micro version of the C5 looks just like, it's called the Pocket 2, it looks just like the C5. The C5 is 19,200 pixels. The Pocket 2 is 49,000 pixels. You're talking about two and a half times the picture quality. So they're at 600 bucks. Um, I mean, there is a lot of cameras and video with audio and streaming Wi-Fi, just like I was doing with the um, with the M30. This M30 is, yeah, it's incredible. It's a 110,000 pixel camera. 
incredible resolution and thermal sensitivity of video and audio and laser pointers and on and on, 2,500 bucks. So there are some really good cameras from $600 to $2,500 and everywhere in between that you can use. But getting an infrared camera without learning how to use it is so dangerous. So, um, I mean, I, I kind of blew through that as fast as I could so that I could leave some time for questions and answers. How do, did we get a bunch? Yeah, we have a few questions. Can you see the, the Q&A list of questions? Uh, chat, let me see. Let me close the chat. Um, Uh-oh, what's that? Get rid of that. And I can read them off to you if you if you can't see them. Um, not seeing them. Okay, so Melvern, he's from South Africa, and he says, "Please give an indication of the minimum requirement of an infrared camera." Unfortunately, there is no minimum specification, but. My opinion has always been and will continue to be at a minimum resolution of 160 by 120, which is 19,200 pixels. Hmm. The more pixels there are, the better the picture quality. The more or the lower the thermal sensitivity number, the better. So it's not just how many pixels makes the picture. Every pixel that makes that picture has a thermal sensitivity number. And in that case, the smaller that number is, the better. So how small of a temperature difference do I have to have in order to see something? And over in history, we've had cameras that had good pixel count, but had terrible thermal sensitivity. And then like the C2, it had good thermal sensitivity, but not very good pixel count. So when you can get the two of them together, good pixel count with good thermal sensitivity, then you get a good image. And okay. my minimum, recommendation is is 160 by 120 but come to class or let's set up a zoom one-on-one -on -one, whatever you want to do i can show you the differences and they're quite frankly they're the more pixels there are you'll be a lot happier with the camera now when you step up to a camera that is a little bit more expensive then you're getting multiple replaceable batteries and you know you can go all day long where so those that have an internal battery, when the battery dies, you got to plug the camera in. And a replaceable battery is key. I, with this, this battery and this camera lasts five out, four to five hours. It only takes two and a half to recharge one. I've got two batteries, so I could I could do infrared 24 hours a day. Not that I'm going to, but I could. Um, so I'm never without power. Yep. Uh, Melvern also asks uh, in South Africa. We generally do not have insulation in most houses due to the mild weather conditions. Okay. So will a thermal camera still pick up on problems where the temperature difference between inside and outside is not very big? So how do you how do, you do yeah. that when there well, isn't a, a delta we can, difference? Yeah, you can. So there's ASTM standards now that are written that say um, American Society for Test and Measurement that says you should have at least an 18 degree Fahrenheit difference from inside to out or a 10 degree C difference from inside to out. But that's if you're using a very low res 
poor thermal sensitivity camera. These better cameras, eight or nine degrees Fahrenheit, maybe five degrees C is all you need to have from one side to the other. Sometimes you're, if you could turn the heat up a little bit or turn the air conditioning down a little bit and what we call manufacturing the temperature difference, you got to do that for at least a couple of hours before you try and look at it with the infrared. You have to have that delta T or doesn't matter if I have a $100,000 camera. If there's no delta T, I'm not going to see any. Yep. That's just for the building envelope. I mean, there's other things. There's still electrical and water and, and things like that to look at. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, I just, I, I'm amazed because, you know, I go through all of the applications that you can use a camera on, but there's, I had a guy find a cracked garbage disposal with the infrared. <laughs> they, the, there's a, a, the garbage disposal had been dripping water under the sink onto the bottom. And before the home inspector showed up, the building owner dried it up so you couldn't see it. He opens up the cabinets under the sink and with the infrared, he looks and he sees the thermal anomaly from the, like the water I showed you on the carpet. He crawled up in there and sure enough on the backside of the garbage disposal, it's cracked. Yep. So there, um, there's so many applications. There really is. Will, uh, he's from Chicago. Could you discuss the issues of condensation in wall cavities? Many times in areas like Chicago, there's no water intrusion from outside the envelope, but water formation from condensation. It could be um, if you have if you have a temperature difference from inside to out, and you have a, like my daughter lives in the Chicago area right now, and she said yesterday it was you know 105 degree heat index or 110 degree heat index, hmm. air conditioning going to 75. Vapor pressure differential is going to drive that heat energy from outside into the building, and if it's it can bring with it moisture. The condensation point is when that humidity hits that cooler air within that cavity, the condensation forms. As that condensation, and if that condensation collects on the backside of the drywall, it should show up on the painted side of the drywall with an infrared camera. I can't see through dry building components to see water behind it. And that's, again, understanding the limitations. It, you know, you can't see through a single piece of paper, but if that piece of drywall gets wet on the backside, it should show up on the painted side. Yep. And I do need to add one thing about moisture. Don't ever, ever, ever tell people you find mold with an infrared camera. <laughs> Mold inspectors and mold remediators use infrared cameras extensively because it helps them find the conditions conducive to mold growth. Wet active mold on the backside of a piece of drywall should cause that drywall to appear just like water on the backside because it's wet active mold. But, and it happens all the time. Oh, we got water on the floor, the window's leaking. They replace the window without opening up the wall. Now you've shut the water supply off to that mold. The mold is going to dry out. And once it's dry and dormant, I'm not going to see anything with an infrared camera. Hmm. So you got to, you can't say in it, it could find and it should find 
wet active mold, but dry dormant mold, which is according to mold experts, when mold can become dangerous, you're not gonna see anything because there's no mm -hmm. thermal difference. Yep. Uh, Hamid asks, any recommendations about software for analyzing and making reports of your thermal images? So if you're looking for, and this has been since I started the CRT class nine years ago, I first set up, oh, we're gonna spend an hour on day two just talking about the FLIR software or the Pike Micro software. It only took one class to figure out the last thing most home inspectors want is another software program <laughs> that they gotta run their images through before they do the report. Both Thermal Studio for the FLIR and Hike Micro um, Analyzer for allows you to download the images to your computer and change color palettes and add crosshairs, delete, do all of that manipulation and report generation. If you're doing it as a standalone inspection, those are free software programs. Um, but we teach you how to set the camera up. And I do need, I just got off the phone with the um, national sales manager for Hike Micro and heads up, they're working on, and the update should be ready the end of this month. When you squeeze a trigger, the image doesn't only get saved in the camera, it's gonna get saved to your device. Mm. And it's gonna bypass the app. It's gonna go right into Spectora or HomeGage mm. or whatever it is so that you can just move it right into your report. If you get to that point where you're, you know, and this is what I've been pushing them for two years you got to shorten the report time. I've heard that so many times from home inspectors. It's, you know, I'm eight hours in the field and four hours at night. And I, I want to stop that. And I told them, I said, you need to make it so that the images go right into the reports, just like their visual cameras do. So it's coming. It's, yep. And it, it's just going to be a firmware update. So. Uh, Anthony, let's let's finish up the webinar with a question about your training, okay? Uh, sure. And tell people where to go. Anthony asks, how many hours does the training sessions that you offer uh, consist per day? So the CRT class is a 16-hour training class, two eight-hour days. We run 9 to 5.30 Eastern time zone. Typically day two, we're done 4.35 o'clock, a little bit early. Um, it's action packed. Now people say, what the heck are we gonna do for two days? But there's <laughs> so much to it, you know, a basic understanding of the science, some camera training, and then day two, all the applications, the conditions needed, what they should look like, what they shouldn't look like. And then you take a 25 question test, and not if, but when you pass that test, you are a certified residential thermographer, which gets you 16 InterNACHI credits, Trek credits, FABI credits, Almost every licensed state across the country accepts these CEs for your licensing. And we just added Ohio, um, Illinois. Illinois doesn't like the Zoom. So right now, Illinois is only the in-person. And Connecticut is another one that's been a pain in our butt. But um, we're working with all the states trying to get this license or approved through those states. And where do people go to find your training, Bill? Go to monroeinfrared.com or InterNACHI's website. is It's listed in there as well. Yep. But Monroe, as you see it right behind me, monroeinfrared.com 
and then get, click the uh, training tab and you go to certified residential thermographer and it'll list the Zoom classes, the attending classes. Um, one of the things we've added two years ago was the CRT grad locator. We've been getting calls from all over the country. Hey, do you know a home inspector in Chicago uh, that does infrared? Um, well, that's what this is about. You put in your zip code and it'll list all of the CRT grads, home inspectors that are using infrared are qualified and certified to do that. So that's great. Bill, what's your last thoughts? I'm not going anywhere. And I, I welcome the opportunity to work with everyone and don't hesitate to call me. And I tell every class I've ever taught, this is not just a two day class. This is the beginning of a relationship. Next week, next month, you get a question, send me the image. Hey, Bill, this is a condition I have. What do you think I got? What do you, you know, what, what's your opinions? I, I, I hate to say it, my wife kills me, but what are you doing answering the phone at nine o'clock at night? Please don't call <laughs> after 10. But, um, you know, I helping you guys be successful using infrared. I've truly found something I love to do. And whoever said, when you find something you love to do, you work another, you'll never work another day in your life right. is wrong. It's still work, <laughs> but it's a whole lot different when you enjoy what you're doing. So send me an email at Bill F at monroeinfrared.com and Ben's going to share a list of all of you so that I will send this uh, that 12-step implementation with my contact. We're not going to inundate you with emails, but if you got questions, please ask. There is no such thing as a stupid question. The only stupid question is one that goes unasked. So That's awesome. Ask away. Bill, you are the expert of infrared training. I really appreciate your time and thanks for teaching us a little bit about infrared and making yourself available. I really appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. And enjoy your time with your family. Thank you. You too. Stay safe right. and healthy, everybody. See you Talk guys. You Bye.